Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. All right, let's take our Bible tonight and turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews, chapter 12. Let's read the first two verses. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Excuse me. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Now let's pray. Our Father tonight, thank you for your presence. Thank you for this people. We belong to thee. Lord, help us to recognize uh, that we're blood brothers and sisters. And if we, may the blessed Holy Spirit put your arms around us tonight and draw us closer together than ever before and closer to thee. Help us to understand the hour in which we find ourselves, an hour of opportunity, an hour of privilege, yet an hour of danger. Speak to us tonight, we pray, and encourage each heart Help each other to be cheerleaders. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I really don't have a desire to preach tonight. I would like to try to encourage you, try to talk to you this evening on the subject, the game of life. In the Bible, Paul referred to the Grecian games several times. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, he said, What know you not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize? Well, he's talking about the Ishmael games, uh, the marathon, and the various uh, running games. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he used the term, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places or high places. Now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, which I believe Paul wrote this book, he takes us to the grandstand, the Colosseum, and in the grandstand are all those who finished their race, finished their event, and now they're watching us. And he said, Wherefore, seeing we also accomplished about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight. In other words, run lightly. And don't get bogged down. Anything hinders from running. He said, Now lay it aside. May not be wrong, but if it hinders us, lay it aside. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which does so easily beset us, and I think that sin that so easily besets us is discouragement. God's people are likened unto sheep, and sheep are very easily discouraged. They give up so very easily. Now, goats will fight. I mean, have horns to fight with, and they'll, they don't quit very easily. But a sheep, a dog that's after sheep, then they give up, and I mean, they just give up. And uh, the, the sin that does so easily beset us is this matter of discouragement. And uh, he said, now lay aside the sin that does so easily beset us, and let's run with patience the race that's set before us. That's a call for preparation. Now, would you turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 10, and I'm going to read one or two other verses, and the rest of the time I'm just going to try to exhort you. Matthew 10, verse 16. Here's a reminder of the opposition. Now, I'm afraid that we're not aware of what's transpiring out there. I don't think we've caught the import of the hour in which we live. Now, the Lord Jesus said, verse 16, Matthew 10, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, that's defenseless. In Romans 8, he said, We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Uh, he said, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, in the days of the writing of the scriptures, uh, Christians were used as playthings. In the Colosseum of Rome, 
the grandstands were filled and Christians were put out in the, in the middle of the arena and lions were turned loose and here they were to fight lions barehanded. They were to be made sport of. Uh, they laughed, they cheered, and they, they, were, they were so thrilled when they saw blood uh, on the sands of the Colosseum. Now that's not too far away. That's not too far away. Not only that, but they were uh, mad Nero took Christians and uh, soaked uh, clothing with oil and chained them, tied them to posts in his driveway and, and ignited them to use, use them to light his, his driveway. I mean, that's what Christians were thought of in those days. And our Lord said, I send you forth a sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, if you think for a moment that that world system out there has changed, it has not changed. Now, we have been, we have been preserved in America by, I believe, a constitution that God was in. And as long as that constitution uh, was intact, then we had protection that the rest of the nation did not have, and that constitution by humanists uh, think that the constitution is no longer a living instrument and it's a fit vessel to govern our country, and we're governed tonight not by a constitution, but rapidly being governed by a nine men who call themselves the Supreme Court judges of the United States of America. That's sad. That's moving from constitutional government to government of men instead of by law. Now, you and I are outnumbered. You and I are outfinanced. You and I are outadvertised. You'll have to search far and near to find a newspaper or a television who will give a proper picture of what's transpiring among Bible-believing Christians. Nine times out of ten, we're made to be looked like fools and fanatics. They liken us to Khomeini, that they'd rather hear, uh, hear they're like to being under Khomeini. They call us book burners, and they do the book burning. Fundamentalists have not burned any books, but the liberal have taken the Bible out of the schools, taken morality out of the schoolroom, taken patriotism out of the schoolroom. They've taken one thing out of, after another out of a classroom and out of a government, and said they do not believe in censorship, and all the time they're censoring, but they call us when we protest, hey, you bunch of book burners. Now, you and I must not, this is not a depression message tonight. It may sound like it. I'm just trying to bring you to the fact that you and I are a minority. We're outnumbered. Uh, the media is opposed to us, and I do not have a persecution complex. Uh, the, the, the system out there is opposed to us. The Lord said it would be that way, so it's nothing strange. But you and I are seeing a movement in America uh, because of the fact that men have turned from God and turned to a humanistic idea that man is the center of everything, and we have ERA, and we have homosexuals, and we have pornography, and we have crime, and we have a judicial system that coddles a criminal. We have legislation that passes law to protect the criminal. We have humanism in our schools, book burning, uh, and slander and lies. Uh, that's the world out there. It's not going to get better. Now, I would not try to be a killjoy and a God sovereign. God could do anything that he wants to do. But in searching the scriptures, there is no promise of end-time revival. And I've searched and searched, and there is not a promise that talks about the Bible does talk about an end-time apostasy, a departure from the faith. Now, Jesus said, with this all in mind, be ye wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, he's simply saying that we can use the wisdom of this world in some aspect. In Luke chapter 16, one of this, this is the last passage I want to read, Luke chapter 16, he says that the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now, they're not wise about everything, but there's some things there. They've got a whole lot more going for them than we do because we just don't think. Now, let me talk to you tonight about the application of the world's wisdom to encourage one another. How many need encouragement? Would you raise your hand? Oh, a bunch of defeated. What's so bad? What's wrong with you? Why do you need encouragement? 
because we're made of the same stuff with sheep, and we get easily discouraged. And I'll tell you, when I look and I see a battle over here, and 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 I want to get in all of them. I can't get in all the battles. And so what are we tempted to do? We're tempted to throw up our hands and say, nothing can be done. We sit down and we do nothing and forget God said all about that and we must be about our Father's business and let the Father take care of the fire here and fire there and the fire other, be salt of the earth, the votes and uh, uh, go to the polls and vote and write our legislators and senators and so forth, but stay on the main line of evangelization of the world of trying to win the lost to Christ. Now, we may not win everybody. We may not win half. We may not win a quarter. We may not one, win one tenth. But our business is to give them the gospel. If they don't get saved, that's not our responsibility. That's their responsibility. Now, let's come to Calvary Baptist Church. This is a great church. But we need something. We need something. We need a new appreciation for what we have. Now, the church not these buildings. This not church. This is a this is a church here. And we start talking about the church, and we're talking about us. We're talking about us. Now, church is like into a body. Now, I'm not going to talk about my foot. That's only one I got. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it sure walks. Now I'm concerned about my whole body. I need the whole business. I need it all. You need it all. Every last one of us need all of us. Whether you like it or not, you need me. Whether I like it or not, I need you. Now, let's learn from the world. Let's go to the football field. And that's learned from the world how to go about this matter of encouraging each other and getting momentum. Now, they do it. They do it. We can learn from them. Are you listening? Let's go down to the playing field, and then we'll go to the grandstand. And let's learn something. We ought to learn. We ought to take what we can learn from anybody. You'll learn. And down on the playing field, there's no progress without team effort. Could I ask you a question? Have you all lost your amen? You're supposed to be in this tonight. This is not just my show. You know how I felt this morning when I signed to win the loss that's not stolen? I felt like a man alone in a coliseum, and I was the only one there by myself. I tried to get people saved. There wasn't a holy drunk. There wasn't an amen until I urged you. Now, you come to the services to participate. All don't preach, but everybody is to be in it. Now, what's happened to the amen? Where'd they go? Oh, you say, well, you ought to be able to preach without that. Well, I can preach without amen. About as effectively as a football team can play with a grandstand silence. Why? Why all that hooping and hollering up there in the grandstand? It affects the score. Oh, you say, how? What do you mean it affects the score? Because it starts adrenaline flowing down there on the field. And when the adrenaline starts flowing down there on the field, then something's going to happen in the direction which that ball goes down the field. We were silent this morning as First Methodist Church, and I've never attended that, but I got suspicion. <laughs> I mean, the last two or three Sundays, you have been as silent. Maybe my preaching was bad. It has been known to be bad. But we have been as silent as First Methodist Church in a person uh, who, like the high formalistic church, would not have felt out of place here at Calvary Baptist Church the last two or three Sundays. What's the matter? 
Now, there's no progress without team effort. Everybody has to give his best on every play. Now, it's not going to be the bus route that builds Calvary Baptist Church. Bus route, Sunday school teachers, deacons, finance committee, the musicians, pastors, the staff, mama and papa, the ushers, the nursery workers, it's everybody. That's team effort. And there is no progress without team effort. It won't do a football uh, team any good if the quarterback's alert and the guards are dead on their feet. It won't do any good if the fullbacks are run real hard but the line doesn't do their job. It doesn't do any good. It takes a team effort to move the, the matter, the work of God, or any work takes a team effort. Nehemiah builds a wall because of team effort. He put people stationed all around that wall and they built 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 a wall because everybody was involved. Takes a team effort. Then uh, the, there you have to practice in order to play. Now we're down on the down on the playing field. Sometimes we have the idea that we can play, but we want to practice. Doesn't work out that way. Uh, teaching you have to practice. That soul winning, that visitation, that singing in the choir. Some folks want to sing solos, but they don't want to visit, and they don't want to. They don't want to. You know. Uh, no singing, no practicing, no singing. I don't have, now this is strange, that I have folks who sing in groups who want to come in all the time. I don't have them. You know what they do? They sing here one Sunday and another place one Sunday, and I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Now, I know a lot of folks come to hear them sing. Well, that's nice, but I'm not interested in church hoppers singing in my pulpit. I want folks who are faithful, who sing, who work, who get involved, and if they're not that, then I don't want them singing for me. Now, that's the reason I, I don't have a lot of groups that call and say, I cannot sing for you. I said, no, we have our choir. We have our choir. Uh, and so I repeat again, don't have much of that because of the fact there are folks who want to play, but they don't want to practice. All right, number three, the necessity of unity. Do you know what morale is? Do you know what morale is on a team? If you have a team who has no morale in there, you'll have a losing team. I don't care if you have the best qualified, you have a losing team because of the fact the heart's not in it, the morale is gone. Now, folks, Calvary, we need some morale. We need some unity. Hey, we're, the world out there hates us. It's all opposed to us, and we're God's children, and God's blessed us, and God's banded us together. Now, we need to say, I'm for Calvary Baptist Church. Can't talk about Calvary Baptist Church. Can't talk about my preacher. You can't talk about my deacon. You can't talk about my finance men. You can't talk about my staff. You can't, can't talk about the choir. You can't talk about one another. Thank you for that one amen. I needed several. Unity. Suppose tonight that we just banded our hearts together and said, this is our church and we are the church and we're going to go do business for God and we had morale and what? And we sensed that, brother, we were in a common warfare and we would not listen to dirt daubers. Now, this is not a perfect church. You saw you didn't have a perfect preacher a while ago because I got angry. I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with courage, though. Some people love but have a problem with courage. So they're unbalanced, too. Right? Okay. So I plead the, I plead the fact that I have a problem. I, yes, I do. Now, the necessity of unity, morale, we're going to win. I say we're going to win. Oh, wait I say we're going to win. Okay. All right. Get in with it now. We're going to move the ball. We're going to score. And you get the momentum. You watch the team, and all of a sudden, one, one play, and all of a sudden, here's a defeated team becomes a victor and pushes the other team out of the field. What's happened? Same team, same ball, same weather, same ballpark. What's the difference? Mental attitude. All it is, it's not strength, it's not super strength, 
It's mental attitude. Now, a necessity of unity. One heart, one mind, one soul. We don't care who gets the, the, for the honor. We just have a job to do, and we are one heart, one mind, one soul. Unity. That's morale. Now, where there's not morale, there's not unity, and there's not victory, and there's constant defeat. Now, now the world out there can't kill the morale. We can. Now, I'm trying to help our morale tonight. I'm trying to, I'm trying to encourage you tonight. Okay, number three. Uh, their eagerness to play on a team even to the point of playing hurt. Watch the world. Watch a guy get clobbered. I mean, hit in midair and more. I mean, he has to be carried off the field and he comes to and says, let me go back in. Let me go back in. There's an eagerness to play. And we need an eagerness to serve the Lord. An eagerness to be on the team. An eagerness to be in the choir. An eagerness to be in the bus ministry. An eagerness to be an usher. An eagerness to do an eagerness to do all of their research. Let me play on the team. If I have to play hurt, I want to play. Ah, the world does that. Then the willingness to let the quarterback call the signals and an immediate response. Trouble is, Christians, everybody tries to call the signals, and that can't be. That can't be. Now, I happen to be the quarterback. Not the best quarterback in the world, but they're making difference. I happen to be the quarterback. Now, down on the field, the quarterback calls the signals, and only the quarterback, he gets them from the coach, or the coach releases them, and he calls them. He's the only one, he's the guy standing up, looking over the line, figuring out the defense on the other side. The other guys have their head down, and he calls by virtue of his position and by virtue of the fact that he can see farther than the rest of the crowd. Now, quarterback. He let a team, the quarterback, call the signals, and the guards said, I don't like that call. And the running back said, no, I don't believe that. And you have a team that's a laughing stock out on the playing field simply because they will not allow one person to call the signals. And the thing is timing. When he calls the signals, they don't hesitate. They immediately respond. They don't analyze whether it's right or wrong. They listen to the call and they move out. And the timing is a secret of the call of the quarterback and it moves. Again, be willing to be a backup or reserve man to play on the team. Always need backup men. Always need backup. And it's an honor to be a backup and can't always be a starter. You have to be a backup. And when you're a backup man, what happens? You're on the team. And if you're a backup man, don't create a morale problem by criticizing the starting team. Encourage them. And a willingness for someone else to get the glory just so the team wins. Now those guys on the line don't get a whole lot of glory. It's the guys in the backfield and the ends and the receivers quarterback and the folks in the backfield, they get the glory, but it's the guys on the line that opens the holes and, and, and does the blocking and sets the runner free and protects the quarterback while he stands to get set to throw the ball. Now the guards, he said, well, I'm going to quit this. I didn't get in the newspaper. Didn't say I made any touchdown. No, he didn't make a touchdown, but he helped make a touchdown. The guy wouldn't have made a touchdown unless everybody did their part. You understand that? Everybody's needed. Everybody can stand this pulpit. Everybody can sing solos. Everybody can be deacons. Everybody can be in the choir. But everybody can be somewhere where God put them. Now, let's down on the playing field. Now, let's go up to the grandstands. Use your home field advantage. I felt like that I was in outer city this morning. I didn't have the home field advantage. What's the home field advantage? You got more fans up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who yeah, hot? You know that? 
He ain't doesn't do a whole lot of le- illusion in his home field. A dog doesn't get beat up in his own backyard. He'll eat you up. He'll get in some other dog's backyard, and brother, he's defeated. He takes off. Use a home field advantage. Every time we meet, we have home field advantage. Use it. This is ours. This is home. We have the fans. We have the team. And we use a home field advantage, and the fans ought to be present to cheer the team on. The music to excite, to encourage, and to start the adrenaline flowing. The music, the band. Every time I hear the band play, you know, I want to go down and enlist. I mean, it, I mean, it, it starts on the inside. I, I respond to music. Everybody responds to music. And, and the music, or what, to make us want to enlist, to move out, to do something for God, to excite us, to thrill us, to get us moving. That's the band. And then you ought to have a good alumni association. You remember the Calvary Baptist Church? You got saved here. Brother, his alumni association not sold on the team. It will not advertise, nor will it finance the team. Had a brother came a while ago, said, I went to such and such church out of town, and I never appreciated Calvary Baptist Church and so in all of my life. And the devil has made some of us think that, boy, this church is a terrible church. Would you listen to the wrong crowd? You listen to the wrong crowd. This is a great church. Why? Because it's a great people. I'll repeat again. This is a great church. Now, Alumni Association. Ah, the Alumni Association finances and sponsors the awards, the recognizing outstanding players and, uh, and all of that. And they push the team, they advertise the team. And Alumni Association is loyal, 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 loyal. We need some old-fashioned loyalty to Jesus and loyalty to his church and loyalty to one another. And uh, in the grandstands, you need to care which side wins. Watch a ball game. Now, yeah, I like Dallas Cowboys, and I like the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. I'd like for them to win. I care which side. Now, the teams that I want to win, then I enjoy the game. But where it really doesn't matter, I just soon do, do something else as to watch, because I don't have any druthers. It doesn't start any adrenaline flowing. It doesn't excite me. Uh, now, if it's a team that I'm pulling for, I'll sit and I'll wear the seat of my britches out barking and shoving and running and dragging my feet. It's impossible for me to sit still and watch the team. I can't help it. But if it doesn't make any difference what team wins, then I can take it and leave it and doesn't bother me. Now, you ought to come to the house of God and care who wins. You ought to come to the house of God and care that the devil, listen, got the daylight knocked out of him with the word of God. You ought to care that people got saved from the hands of the devil. You ought to care that God's people left the house of God in victory. You ought to care. And then something else. Fill the stands. Let a team come out on the field and look up at the stands and there's empty seats everywhere. Boy, I mean, that just starts adrenaline glands flowing. Boy, we really going to win today? Oh, no, 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 no. Hear the stands. Brethren, hear me. Would you hear me with all of your heart? God gave us this building. God didn't give us this building to have it half Oh, God gave us this building to fill it up. Now, why can't we fill it up? We can fill it up. Let me say it again. We can fill it up. Let me say it again. We can fill it up. Now, fill the stands. Now, you're the only, only place in the world 
We're back, Rose. All right, the best seats. That's in church. You know? I mean, in the ball game, boxing, it's not the back rows. It's always the front rows. Now watch now. Watch now. Let's use our heads about encouraging one another. Don't get on the back row to get out of participating in the service. Get in the service. And here's something else we do. Here, the injured. Watch the guy get hit and hurt. And directly he staggers up, but he can't play. Boy, they holler, they clap their hands, they cheer. What are they doing to him? They're making him get back in the game. Now, you know the only army in the world that shoots its wounded, and that's the Christian army. When a brother gets injured, cheer him on his feet. And there are a lot of folks who, play, who listen, who play hurt. I don't mean they're playing like they're hurt, but they're playing while it hurts, and you don't know they hurt. There are teachers who teach with their heart and their throat. They got a broken heart, but they play anyhow. There are folks who sing hurt. They sing, they may have, listen, now the problem. There are folks who go on bus visitation and they're hurt. They may have problems with their young people, their children, they've broken their hearts, but they play anyhow. There are folks under pressure at the job and they hurt and they breathe, but they play, they play, they play, cheer the wounded. Many of God's people smile when they feel like crying. And they hurt. And the sad part of it is when they get hurt, the devil tells them they're not fit to play. Huh? Hey, you're not worthy. You're not fit. Something happened to you, happened to your home, happened to your children. You're not fit to play in the game. That's to the devil. Dangerous. Then participate in the game. I say, how in the world can you participate? Why, there only be so many men on the field down there. Dallas got whipped by 12 men on the field. That's illegal. Now, you can't stack the field. How in the world are you going to participate in the game? I'll tell you how you participate in the game. I was at a soccer game the other day. Somebody said, oh, are you sure excited, preacher? He had it all mixed up. My heart wasn't beating any faster than normal. And I was on the sideline. I was hollering. Come on, come on, come on there, come on there, come on there, come on there. What was I hollering for? I was hollering for the guys out on the field. To let them know that I was hollering for them. I was trying to get the adrenaline flowing in their veins, not in my veins. I wasn't excited. Now I wanted them to win. And my dear brothers and sisters, you can sit in a class and make a teacher of the adrenaline, spiritual adrenaline glands crawl by sitting and listening and asking questions and praying and come by after and say, I'm praying for you. I'm going to listen. You, what are you doing? You are participating in the teaching of the class. What do you do for a preacher? Just get in the game. Amen, preacher. Amen. 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 See what does to me. Get in the game. Now, you know what we generally do when I, when I begin to preach an evangelistic message? Christians say, I'm saved. You want them, preacher. We go shopping. We go to sleep. And we get out of the game. Oh, no, my friend. When I'm preaching to the lost people in your heart, you'll be, oh, God, get a hold of that lost person. 
Oh, God, bring conviction. Oh, God, set my preacher free. Oh, God, fill my preacher with power. You ought to be in the service of praying all the time in the service for God's power. You ought to be in this thing. It's not just me up here by myself. You ought to participate in every service. Now, what you don't participate in, you don't get anything out of. When the song... When, when they... Paul always stands to say, Oh God! Oh God! Touch her! Touch him! God fill him! And you're in the service. God never intended that Christians come and occupy a pew and take in without getting participating in the service. And I'm serious, man. I'm not I'm trying to encourage you. And I get bogged down. In a service sometime, and I look all over the congregation trying to find a friendly face. And I see, and if I look and I find somebody asleep, and I find somebody looking somewhere else, but oh, if I hear somebody that's participating in the service saying amen, and in this service, oh, that's all I need. I don't need a whole lot, but that helps me. And not only that, it makes the visitor and the unsaved who are there believe that the people in the pew believe the same identical thing what the preacher is saying. But if there's only spots from the pew, the visitor thinks that the only person that feels like that is a preacher. Participate. Then again. When you make a first down, holler. Oh, man, they get their ball and they make 10 yards and four downs. The crowd goes crazy. They don't have to score a touchdown, they just have to make a little progress. And when, listen, when the church moves forward, don't say, hey, they ought to make a touchdown, they ought to make 20 yards out of that. Glory be to God. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't we doing something for God? Amen. Here. And then not only that, let's take it the opposite side. When, they, when you're getting pushed back, and I've never known a team that didn't go this way. I mean, go forward, but they get pushed back. Okay, what do they do when they get pushed back? They say, no, they don't do that. Defense, 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 defense. What are you doing? Defense before you. And you're putting life and morale and heart back into a team that's being shoved around. And all of a sudden, they'll break and they'll take the offense and move down the field. That's true just as sure as I'm true in God's work. And it's the time that we need a heart. Defense, defense, defense. Okay, this is point number I. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, number I. If you keep an outline, I know you're not. Buy a season ticket. Some of you, you don't intend to go to all the games. Season ticket means I'm not missing a game. We play here every Sunday morning, Sunday night, twice on Sunday morning. And Wednesday night, Sunday night, and we'll be playing Wednesday night. And some of you never had a ticket for Wednesday night. Buy a season ticket. You see, that world out there is on the offense. And it's about time that we put our horses on our mean and bowed up our back and said, this far and no further. I'm going to be on the team. My season ticket when we're having revival meetings. Or say, preacher, I'm so busy. I've been in the business world. And I let my business go when God's business met. Buy a season ticket. 
resolve not to miss a game. What'll it do? It not only do something to you, but it'll do something. It'll do something to the whole team. It'll do something to the whole church. Huh, let's see. Be proud of your coach. I like the coach. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he sends in the calls, and the quarterback's supposed to take the calls from the coach and call them. Well, they like that play. Don't question the coach. Don't question the coach. Now, Tom Landry, I think he knows more about football than I do. You say amen, it won't hurt my feelings. I just think he does. I think. I sure don't think you ought to call that call. I've never been a coach. In fact, I've never played football. And I know some of you have never been a preacher. But you know how it's to be done. <laughs> My wife's never been a preacher. Don't be ashamed of your coach. Now you may question the quarterback, but don't question the coach. This is his work. This is not mine. This is not mine. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of your church. Oh, you go to Calvary about this church. Yes, I do. <laughs> Calvary about this church? North Florida Avenue? J.B. Bubba in the back? No, I just moved my memories here. I walked the hospital corridors. And I'm not ashamed of Calvary Baptist Church. I go down to the ledger. I'm not ashamed of Calvary Baptist Church. I go to the city commission, the county commission. I go to the court. I'm not ashamed of Calvary Baptist Church. I'm glad, grateful to God. I'm a member of Calvary Baptist Church. I have no apologies. And if I wasn't proud of Calvary Baptist Church, you know what I'd do? And this is not trying to be smart. I'd find a church in town that I could be proud of and go join it. That's just simple. I mean, if I was ashamed of the church that I pastored, I'd pray the Lord to move me somewhere that I was proud of the church that I pastored. And I've, every church I've ever pastored, I've been proud of that church. I never pastored a church that I was ashamed of it. That didn't mean everything in that church was right. And then there never has been a church that ever existed that was all right. Church at Corinth, that's God's first God's church. Yet they were babes, they never grew up, they were constantly divided, they never could put it together. And you go through all of those churches, the church at Ephesus and the church at Philippi and the, and the church at Colossae, a uh, problem with philosophy. Churches of Galatia, problem with doctrine. And you go to the churches in Revelation, and they had their problems, but they were the Lord's church. I'm glad that I'm a member of Calvary Baptist Church. And something else. Be a cheerleader. What's cheerleader do? King doesn't travel. Now, they need to lay a lot of folks staying home, but they don't travel out there to leave Why? Because we need encouragement. 
I was hooping and hollering up there. And there was a loyal fan there. I said, why in the world aren't you hollering? He said, man, it's tight out there. I said, all the more reason to holler. They don't need your silence. They need your yells. Oh, you're trying to say you're trying to whip up something. You got the idea. Ain't no fool. Sure, I'm trying to whip up something. They said, be wise as serpents and harm as doves. Be a cheerleader. Not a dirt dauber. Be a honeybee. If bees, honeybees fly with dirt daubers, you'll soon be holding dirt. Be a cheerleader. Hey, Sunday school teacher, I'll tell you, I sure enjoyed that lesson. I'm praying for you. I'm going to be here next Sunday, and I'm going to try to bring somebody with me. Man alive, that was a wonderful lesson. Now, bless God, I'm sure glad you're my Sunday school teacher. Hey, Brother Tyler, you're doing an excellent job uh, uh, taking care of the ushership. Bless God for Brother Tyler and the ushers. I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for you. Hey, Brother Jenkins, doing a good job in the bus ministry. Amen. Thank God for every bus worker. Thank God for the hours that they put in. Amen. 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 Brother Newton, you're energetic. <laughs> Most energetic music director I've ever had in all my life. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> At least he's directing. Brother McCullough, you're doing a great job. Hey, me, thank God sent you this way. Hey, one me to thank God God puts you in your organ. Thank God for Ruth at the piano. Thank God for the being in the control room. Thank God for the ladies in the nursery. Thank God for the children's churches. Cheerleader. Man, you kill a teacher. You kill a bus worker. You kill the saints of God when you criticize. Man called me yesterday. Talked to the secretary. Wanted to run down the church. And then the Judy said, Well, why don't you tell the preacher? And I took it and he didn't have the courage enough to talk to me. What was he? A gutless. Christian. And I said, Judy, you don't talk to folks who will not identify themselves. I don't read enormous letters. If you want to constructively give some suggestions, come to my office, I'll assure you I've never run anybody out of my office. I will listen. I will listen. I will listen. And yesterday, I could have used some encouragement. And a guy who tried to justify himself, and I hope you're here tonight. Don't know who you are. Well, I haven't seen as old you won, your wife won, your girls won, your sons-in-law won, your staff won. What's the problem with that guy? He doesn't go soul winning. Now, I admit I haven't won a whole lot of souls, but I have tried to win souls, and when I'm trying to win souls, that's one thing, and I confess that I'm not the greatest soul winner in all the world. But the guy that gripes about giving doesn't give, and the guy that attacks soul winning is a person that wants me to lay off of soul winning. I won't lay off soul winning. I don't tell you, you're a coward. I hope you're here tonight. Oh, you said you you can tell me that a far off come right down here, and I'll tell you now. What I've done long range, I've done close up. And what am I trying to do tonight? I'm trying to kill, kill joy. What am I trying to do tonight? I'm trying to chase out dirt daughters.
What am I trying to do tonight? I'm trying to set honeybees to flying. I'm trying to set cheerleaders loose. I'm trying to encourage tonight away with discouragement, away with cutting remarks, away, away, away with that attitude. I send you forth, you're going to leave tonight. When you go to your job tomorrow, they're going to say, well, bless God, here comes a Christian. Isn't that wonderful? And they make way for you. And when you go to the public schools, they say, oh, we're so delighted and privileged we have this young man, young girl who is a born-again Christian. It's so wonderful to have the light of the world and the salt of the earth in our class. We're in the minority. Most of God's, most of the professing Christians never darkened the God's house on Sunday night. We're a minority in the city of Lakeland attended in a service tonight. So we're foolish and crackpots and fanatics. Don't you think that you better, we better love one another? Don't you? Don't you? I can't do that. Now I get most of the credit for this church in the city. I couldn't have done that if you had not been with me and behind me. I couldn't have written the articles who would pay for them. I sure couldn't. I took a stand and my people took a stand with me. And what happened? My name gets in the paper, not yours, but it would never got in the paper. It hadn't been for you. They talk about Calvary Baptist Church. Don't call your names and talk about Great Missionary Church. My name, Calvary Baptist Church, J.B. Buffett, and your name doesn't get in there, but the Great Mission Program, that's not because of me, that's because of you. Cheerleader. Be a cheerleader. If you forget everything I said tonight, may the Spirit of God say, Preacher, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do the other, but I sure can be a cheerleader. Anybody can do that. I don't know what time it is. You're going to be late tonight. We've been getting out at 7.30, quarter late. We have the Lord's Supper. You're going to be late tonight. But cheer up. I'm trying to cheer you up. And I'd rather you be you, I'd rather you leave here cheered up late than leave here early and depressed. I used to have a man who's in heaven now named Tony Holt, 53 years old, had a third grade education. Man, that guy cheered me. Old Tony, had, time we'd have services, and Tony would come down and walk on both sides of the aisle at the same time. I mean, he's so loaded, I mean, he, he, he just, I mean, he looked up, I mean, I mean, I mean, he just walked down the aisle, we walked down to the aisle, down to the front. Tears running down his face and a smile from ear to ear. He's crying and laughing at the same time, and he could hardly restrain himself. Tears just flowing. Everybody loves Tony. And laughing. I mean, that's a while I get his laughter, and he said, I just want you to know that I love the Lord and love this church. And he walked right back down the aisle. Now, don't tell me what then. When that man died, I said, Oh, God, you could have took anybody, but you didn't have to take Tony. You could have took anybody, anybody, but you took Tony away from me. You took my cheerleader away from me, and everybody needs a cheerleader. Wives, you need a cheerleader in your home. Can you? Deacons, resolve to be cheerleaders. Finance committee, resolve to be cheerleaders. Ushers, 
resolve be cheerleaders. Staff, resolve be cheerleaders. Teenagers, resolve to be cheerleaders. And I left this brother out while I go about saying thank you. You know what? Come here, brother, a little bit. Come here. <laughs> come here. Come here. You wouldn't believe it, would you? But he's almost gone. <laughs> Some people, do you know you can make him what he can never be? Oh, she's the way around. We make, she makes us at two-way street. And I tell you what, if you want to make him go six feet feet taller than I am, you want to do something to him, you go out and fill up that piece of popcorn over there, and when he calls the signal, you move, and you don't drum, or you take a song hook, and you sing on Sunday morning, and you shake hands, you get to stop this matter of, matter of fellowshipping, and you walk all over there and beat hands with the, shake hands with the visitors, and say, hey, I'm glad to see you, and open your mouth, and use your hand, and, and use your tongue, and begin to cheer, 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 cheer. I give you some of that, brother. I appreciate God sending here. Amen. You're cheerleader. I, I've left my outline a long time ago. I ran out the bottom. I forgot the name of the preacher. He's a well-known preacher. And he came to town, and his first Sunday he found a note on the pulpit and says, you, will be a, you are a failure as a preacher. You'll never succeed here. But... We resolve to pray and pray and pray until God fills you with His Spirit and God mightily uses you and God took that man, filled his life with power and transformed his ministry. That note was not a note of criticism. That note was a statement of fact and they set to praying for the man of God and set him afire. You can transform my ministry. If you go home and you cry under the Lord, God fills my pastor with thy spirit. God fill my preacher with wisdom. God fill my preacher's cup with love and joy. God make him the man of God that he ought to be. God make him a man of prayer. God give him souls. Make him a soul winner like he ought to be. You pray. Now while you're doing that, God's working on you. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. You're fixing to walk out of here in an unfriendly world. You're in a friendly cloud here. And when you walk out of that door, the world of flesh and the devil are arrayed against you to discourage you and your Christian life. Cheer, boy, cheer. I use this illustration. And I'll quit unless another one comes up. I read of a man took a ladder of fire, uh, firemen, got some firemen here tonight, and they could testify. This fireman put a ladder way, 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 way up to get a, somebody way up there in the high-rise high building. And he had to go into a smoke-filled room, and they saw him come out of the window, the crowd below saw him coming out of the window. Had that person on his arms, on his shoulder, and he got out and he began to, he began to sway. And somebody said, cheer him, boys! Cheer him, boys! And from the crowd below, that was a cheer! That was a hooray! That was an encouragement! That was a shout! That was a commendation! Come on! Come on! Come on! And many a man is headed to fall off of a ladder where he's going to rescue somebody, but he's out of, out of strength! And out of breath. And Father, it's a cheering that'll put new life in him. It's a cheering that'll set him on his feet and hey, enable him to carry out his ministry. Cheer, boys. Cheer, boys. Cheer, boys. Every head bowed, every eye closed.